Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of Acts, chapter 18. Here's Pastor Ryan. Father, we thank you so much again for your goodness in our life, for all that you've done and all that you're doing. We're grateful, Lord, for the cross. We're grateful that you made a way for us to be close to God when we were far off, that you made a way for sinners to be able to have our sins forgiven, to repent and to believe on your Son and have eternal life. We're just grateful for that this morning. Lord, as we study your word, you've given your word to instruct us on life, and we pray that we would be instructed well this morning. Holy Spirit, move in this place, Lord. Pour out your grace, we pray. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. So as we mentioned last week, Corinth was a city known for extreme immorality. It was the capital of the Roman Empire in the province of Greece. So the power of Rome sat there as far as Greece was concerned. It was the center of the worship of of Aphrodite and she was the goddess of beauty, love, pleasure, sexual immorality. And part of the ritualism was that the men of the city would go there and have relations with the temple prostitutes. Corinth was known as just just a filthy place. And uh, whenever they referred to a person in a way that is uh, derogatory because they're living in a sinful lifestyle, they would say such and such a person is acting like a Corinthian. And so Corinth had the most terrible of reputations as far as morality. The Greeks... Pagan culture worshipped various gods, but their saying was that every, every Greek man should have a, a wife to bear him children, a concubine for his sexual pleasures, and a girlfriend for his social events. So that's what, we're, that's what Paul is dealing with. Not a Christian there. Paul the Apostle goes into that. And Paul preached the gospel, and he, and he did every week there in the synagogue. Every Sabbath he preached, and he persuaded Jews and Greeks to the faith of Jesus Christ. And so in verse 5 we read, When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. And I hit on this last week, but because it's right smack in the middle of this paragraph, I figure I'd touch on it a little bit this week as well. But Paul the Apostle said, look, I'm free from, from your blood because I have given you the gospel. Basically, he's saying to those who opposed the gospel, who would not receive the gospel, that their blood was on their own heads. In other words, Paul knew that before God, he had a real responsibility to preach the gospel. That God wasn't holding Paul 
responsible for the result of his preaching, but he surely had called Paul to share the gospel with the world, with whomever would hear him. So he's not responsible for the result, but he is responsible to say something, to speak the gospel. All of us in this room who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we too have been given the command, the responsibility to make disciples of all nations, that we would be a people that are open to sharing the gospel with those who are in our sphere of influence, family, friends, co-workers, buddies, girlfriends. We're responsible in the sphere of influence that God has placed us in. And God has placed us in this world to have influence for his kingdom. So oftentimes, Christians can disconnect themselves from the responsibility of sharing the gospel and their like place of employment. This is where I work. This isn't the place where I'm looking for opportunities to share the gospel. And that is not good. That is not true. We should look at our employment as, wow, God gave me this job, this boss, these co-workers, because somehow, some way, he wants me to get the gospel to them. That's not to say we show up at work tomorrow and rather than do our job, we pull out a milk crate, stand on it and just whip out the Bible and say, thus says the Lord at our jobs. No, no, no. But don't get it twisted. Understand this. You are there because God wants those around you to see your witness for Jesus Christ in your work ethic, in your attitude, that you go in with the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, power and a sound mind work isn't just work it's the place of influence family friends the same thing you, oh you think you're just balling it with these guys you think you're just golfing it with these guys no we're looking for angles when they ask us what did you do this weekend ah well i I went to Walmart, I went to Costco, did some honeydew list, you know, did some, no, 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 no. I went to church, open door. Oh, man, this new guy is a Christian. So at least they know. At least you're giving them a chance to when they have a hard day and a hard Monday and they, they, they see something in you that they may want, which is Jesus Christ. We have to be tactful, but we have to say something. I think if we live a life where we're not looking for those angles, those being tactful to share our faith, then, then we're dropping the ball. And we're going to be responsible for never saying anything to them. We really are. That's why Paul says, look, you know, the results were bad with certain people. But he says, hey, man, your blood's on your own, on your own hands, on your own heads, because I shared the gospel with you. People want, your, people want to be around you. They want to be your friend. And people will want to be your friend for various reasons, you know. They're cool people, whatever, they want to kick it with you. Don't just think it's just about being friends. God may want you to plant a seed, to water, to share the gospel. So I think that was worth repeating. Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. So the neighbor to the synagogue believed on Jesus. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household. 
And many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. The guy next door to the church, the rabbi of the church, got saved. And it says many in Corinth believed on the Lord and were baptized. My goodness, first of all, out of all the cities that you would think this could not happen in, I just shared with you how terrible Corinth was, how immoral it was. But the truth of the matter is, the more immoral people are, or cities are, chances are they're probably really searching for something to fill their souls. That's why they're so immoral. They go to one thing to the next thing, from one bottle to the next bottle, from one drug to the next drug, from one, uh, you know, immoral uh, sexual experience to the next. So, you know, always going, you know, it's like our Las Vegas, but Corinth was worse. Unless we point our fingers at the homosexuals. Las Vegas, Nevada has free pro, you know, legal prostitution, I guess, in, in Nevada. We're a sinful country. We're a sinful nation. But the interesting thing is if God can save people from Corinth, he can save people in the most messed up sinful situations. That's the beauty of our Lord. Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Not the righteous, but sinners. We ought not let the devil dissuade us from sharing the gospel amongst people that are very wicked. Isaiah 61 verse 1 speaks of the mission of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And he would quote this in his hometown of Nazareth. Isaiah 61 verse 1, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim Liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Oh Lord, help us to have a heart for the lost. Help us to look upon the, the messed up cities, the messed up towns, the messed up people and think, wow, they're probably closer to receiving the gospel if they get it than people from Pretty World. Pretty World is a towns that uh, where a lot of good citizens live, but... Uh, are, are just as bad in their self-righteousness. And it says here that not only did many Corinthians uh, hear and believe, but they were baptized. In other words, they were down for Jesus Christ immediately. Down for it. Baptism is a show to the world. Jesus Christ has touched my heart. He has saved me. I belong to him and I don't care who knows it. I belong to him, and I don't care who knows it. I belong to him. I don't care if my family knows. I don't care if my friends know. I don't care if my co-workers know. I don't care if, I don't care who knows. I don't live for those people. I live for Jesus Christ, and baptism is a way that I show people that I am down for the Lord, that I am for Jesus Christ, and I am in, in no way apologetic for it. That's what baptism is. It's an outward showing of what has happened inward in my life. Why, why do some Christians not want to show an outward showing? Are we ashamed of the gospel? Are we ashamed of Jesus Christ? Baptism tells the world, I don't care what anybody thinks. I love Jesus. I'm down and I'm proud for the Lord. That's what it, that's what it symbolizes. And the Corinthians, the, the worst of the worst, when they get saved, they're just like, I don't, we don't care. Baptize me, Paul baptize me guys I want to show everybody I don't care
Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father and the angels in heaven. But if you deny me before men, then I'm going to deny you before. It, it counts to the Lord whether we are down for him or ashamed of him. He tests the hearts. Trust me. And I would say this, baptism isn't a means of salvation at all. Look at the thief on the cross. He said, Lord, remember me when, you're, when you enter your kingdom. And the Lord didn't tell him, well, it'd be nice, but you, how are you going to get baptized from the cross? No, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Baptism isn't a means of salvation, but because of salvation, we get baptized. So if you've been walking with the Lord, and, and you have not given, you have not been baptized i think at some point it becomes sin that's my opinion you don't like it you can disagree with it but why wouldn't you show the world that you are for jesus christ when he hung naked on the cross for our sins i'm sure that was embarrassing to be naked on the cross now the lord spoke to paul in the night by a vision do not be afraid but speak and do not keep silent for i am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you for i have many people in this city what you have many people where in corinth in the most wicked city in all of greece god has many people there and he's telling paul don't be afraid not that he has many people at that moment. It's that hundreds, if not thousands of people will hear the gospel and will turn to Jesus Christ. God is speaking future tense. They have not converted yet, but I know they're going to choose me. I have many in that city. That's how we go out and hand out flyers and put the things in the door. Not just to, you know, burn calories and count our steps. But by faith, we know... And it doesn't matter if you come from other cities, put them on the doors. God has done crazier things than had people drive from other cities to, to come to church. This church is on fire. People will drive for miles to watch us burn. But God had many in that city. So then Almani, yeah. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Yeah. The best thing ever came out of Nazareth. But he said to Paul, do not be afraid, but speak. And do not keep silent. Do not be afraid, Paul. There were times when Paul preached and things blew up in a good way. Many people came to know Jesus Christ. Word gets out when there's movement of the Spirit of God and many are coming to know Jesus Christ. Word gets out. And perhaps Paul, seeing the multitudes in Corinth come to Jesus Christ, thought, oh man, someone's going to come after us and persecute us. I don't know why exactly he was afraid, but... The Lord wouldn't have spoken to him those words had he not been afraid. Would you agree? But he was afraid. We'd often look at Paul like he's a super apostle. He takes beatings for the Lord. Physical beatings. Shipwreck. Bit by a snake. I mean, just so many things he was inflicted with. We tend to think of him as like a super apostle, but in reality he was a man who... Like you and I who had fears and doubts. And the Lord was his strength during those times. In a sense, as a senior pastor, you know, I can sympathize with Paul. Because confession is that as a senior pastor, I have to put away fear more than you know. And as a church gets bigger, more than you know. It was cool giving Bible studies to a small group of people. 
But we all come from different backgrounds. And then, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to speak in front of people, lots of people. And as it grows, it's more. And there's a heaviness, a spiritual warfare that comes with it. You know, I'm not like, is this not retail? You know, we're not selling shoes or something. This is not a restaurant. We're not selling food. We're dealing with people's souls. And we're dealing with the most powerful weapon on the planet. Forget nuclear bombs. This is way more powerful. So we're dealing with souls. So that can like weigh on a senior pastor. And that's why the Bible says, let not many of you become teachers because it's much stricter for teachers. So I'm blessed to see when Paul received that you can do it from the Lord. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. And it's not just because there's more people. And I think God doesn't give us more than we can handle. But it's always above, just a little above our pay scale. Like God never, it's always like he, he does kind of say, okay, go a little further than you normally would. He does do that. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your little safe space, as they say, and do something that you normally would not do do in and of yourself but the spirit of god leads us to step out in faith step out of the boat and so i think that as the church grows more and more i'm learning as it grows how to deal with it you know you don't roll out of bed and then just like you know and 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 some some people who like want this job and like in in, for bad reasons ego trips and stuff and there are plenty of guys out there who just want to be pastors and want a, 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 a big church and they they're, they're weird they're trying to f- fulfill a psychological need they don't know what they're asking for they don't know what they're if it's not a calling from the god it'll absolutely destroy a man but in it i'm being trained how to deal with it and a lot of it is putting fear aside and you know what you go forward. And many of the people in the Bible that we respect had the same issue. Remember Moses was like, I can't speak, Lord. I can't speak, you know. And then what about Jeremiah? I'm but a youth, you know, I can't, you know. And what did the Lord tell Jeremiah? And in Jeremiah 1, verse 17 through 19, the Lord said to Jeremiah, Therefore prepare yourself and arise and speak to them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed before their faces, lest I dismay you before them. For behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against its princes, against its priests, and against the people of the, of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. Jeremiah knew if I say God what you want me to say to Judah that judgment is coming because of their sins they're going to want to kill me so he was rightfully afraid Paul the apostle in Corinth if I start speaking the morals of Jesus Christ to them that they need to be repent and come to the Lord they're going to hate me they're going to so nothing has changed today if I preach against these governors who want us to wear two masks get two vaccinations, don't sing in church, don't go to church. In fact, if we go to Disneyland or Magic Mountain, do not scream on the rides, lest you spread COVID. Listen, we may chuckle, but there are people out there who just, you know what? You're messing with the wrong governor, Pastor Ryan, because all they do is their Bible is media, social media, news, and what their friends and family tell them. 
We, we come to the Lord and the Lord says, oh yeah, yeah, you're not of this world. Forget the noise. Here's truth. Yeah, but if I follow your truth, it's a narrow way. There's less, less of you and more of them. If you're not down, you're not down. But if you are down, get baptized and tell the world this is the truth. And what you guys are saying is a mess out there. Narrow is the path that leads to life. And broad is the path that leads to destruction. Choose a narrow life. And it is harder. Because family and friends might diss you. But who cares? Who cares? They can't save us. Could they save us? They cannot save you or I. They can't. Only Jesus can. Isaiah 43 verse 1 says, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent. I think the church needs a reminder not to be afraid. Look at what's going on in the world today. How responsible are we to our immediate family within our walls to inspire faith husbands are to wash their wives with the word of god so that they are like a bride without blemish wearing that white wedding gown a lot husbands the bible says that wives are the weaker vessel we are to care for them, defend them, inspire faith in them, guide them, tell them not to be afraid. And, and the Bible says that we submit unto one another, that we edify one another, so the wives can tell the husbands at times, you know, be strong, be courageous, the Lord is with us. My wife is, is fearful, it's my job to encourage her, inspire her, and lead her in the right way. And when I'm feeling the same way, she can do that to me. And if you're single, the Lord does that to you. The body of Christ does that for you as well. Our children are getting misinformation. We cannot allow them to just be in fear because they're getting misinformation and parents are too busy with work or anything else to speak truth into their lives so they're not afraid. It is the parents' responsibility to tell them what's going on. To say, mijo, mija, we are living in a time when information is being censored. There are doctors who think that what the CDC is saying is completely wrong, but they are being censored. Censored by people who want us to believe what they want us to believe. And when it's fitting for them, they can change the, the, the standards of the tests. And they've dumbed down the, the, the test so much that now they say 65% of all the COVID cases would not have been COVID cases had they tested in the same manner. Oh, but the CDC is telling me there's a new variant. Oh, we hear that too. There's always going to be a new variant. We got to keep living. The psalmist said, will the grave praise you, Lord? If I go down to the pit, will it praise you? The psalmist said, forsake me not in my older age. Until, until oh Lord, be with me, strengthen me so that I can tell the next generation to come who God is. The grave cannot praise the Lord if we go down into it. And I don't think staying at home can praise the Lord either. Who's going to get saved by us staying at home? Pastor Ryan, maybe you shouldn't talk about COVID so much. It's still in my face so much. And it's, so, it's still in your face so much. It's not just me. It's like, you know, people think, oh, okay, you know, they're watching this maybe and think, oh, well, he's just tripping. No, nah, you try being around the family of God, the bride of Christ, they're all over it. 
And people are still wanting to, to get and gain information and gain faith and hope and love. God gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. He did not give us a spirit of fear. That doesn't mean that we can't take precautions, but it does mean you should be back in church like yesterday. Because last time we did Easter was for my backyard. It's time. Do not be afraid, but speak. Do not keep silent, for I am with you. And no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God amongst them. I mean, because of that encouragement, Paul camped out there for a year and a half, guys. And, you know, we have, they say he penned First and Second Thessalonians from there. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapman. Bye.